Welcome back to Creator Journals, the podcast that opens up on the reality of starting, growing and running a successful creative brand. On this episode, I chat to Angela, the creator behind Angela Chick Illustrations. It was definitely one of those catch-ups where you leave quite literally buzzing, and I'm pretty sure anyone who has had the pleasure of meeting Angela would agree. From honing her creative skills in Canada, initially in textile design, to venturing across the pond and balancing her full-time job, a business with friends, and her own illustration company, Angela soon took the leap to make her business her full-time focus. Although, as you will hear, she learned a very valuable lesson very early on that for some could have been the end of the dream. Angela's illustrations are now seen across the globe, stocked in cool, independent shops to big names such as Selfridges. Think you might have heard of them. What's made her so successful? Well, I really don't think I can say it's one thing. It could be that her designs are purpose-led, with a mission to make people happy and are all authentically Angela. Or it could be her approach to business, with a very strategic and systemized approach that has seen her business continuously grow year on year, something we'll hear about soon. Her journey really has so many valuable takeaway insights for anyone starting or growing their own creative business, including touching on the important topic of managing your own mental health as a business owner. Angela is open about her ongoing management of her own mental health, something she has completely embraced and champions the importance of discovering what works for you as an individual, not always what you're told. I really hope you enjoy this one, guys. And as ever, please do leave a review or share with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing this story. I just want to say thank you for coming in. I was I would always start with saying thank you anyway, but as you know, today it's probably monsoon day on the day we record this, so I think you've actually swam in. Um, yeah, absolutely. Quick change outside before I came in. Yeah, me too. Wellies are over there, sandals are on now, considering it's June. Um, so I've obviously I would have done an introduction for you before we started this, but in your own words. What is Angela Chick Illustrations? Um, I am an illustrator. I create uh, drawings and images that hopefully make people smile. Uh, the products I make, I want, I aim them towards people who genuinely care about other people. So, um, you know, for people who want to make other people feel good, just like I want to make people feel good. And I have to say that's very true because obviously I've done some research about you before we've done this podcast and. I absolutely loved it. It's so bright and so refreshing. And what I'll do is I'll pop some links on so that anyone, while they're listening to the podcast, please check out Angela's website because it's fab and it does make you smile just by browsing through and you want to buy every pin (laughs) that you can ever. But before we go into your business too much, what I want to know is really how it all started. I think the accent might give something away a little bit. (laughs) Yes, you can probably tell. Um, I haven't lived here all my life. I was born over in the UK. Oh, cool. um, my mum's Canadian, dad's English. Oh. So, um, born over here, but then grew up over in Canada, which nice. was great. I was going to say, whereabouts? Kind of is my Nova favorite. Scotia. Oh, nice. I've Very cold in the winter. Uh, um, <laughs> Just like our summers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're ready for it. <laughs> Very pretty. But, um, yeah, I, I was always quite keen to move back over here. So I moved back over about 13 years ago. Oh, great. So did kind of the creative stuff start at start over in Canada or was that kind of when you came back over? Well um, the creative stuff definitely started when I was a small child oh, very really? small um, I always joke because at a careers day when I was about eight 
they were asking what we wanted to be when we grew up. And uh-huh. I raised my hand and said I wanted to be a starving artist okay. <laughs> or an entrepreneur because at that at it's eight, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at eight, I didn't know that. Um, well, I hadn't quite put it together that starving artist literally meant you're not making money, so you're starving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as I grew up, I decided to be an entrepreneur Amazing. rather than the starving artist. Yeah, you kind of combine the two. I feel you've kind of. Not quite the star, push the starving bit away and just go kind of artist, designer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. without. Um, so do you feel like it's always been your thing? It's not that you kind of had a defining moment of you kind of just organically grown yeah. as a creative? I mean, I think, I know when I was in school, I spent a lot of time in the art room, like mm. lunchtime, recess, uh-huh. any breaks. Um, I started an art club. It was It was sort of always my... My default was to, I don't know, I just wanted to paint things and draw and just design things. Thing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So did you follow that on from school? Did you go in that direction? Did you go, like you say, you wanted to be an entre- either an entrepreneur or an artist? I suppose you could either go the business way or follow that passion through. Yeah, I mean, it would have been really handy to study business <laughs> yeah. because I run my own business now. Um, but I... I instead went the creative route um, and I was really lucky because both my mum and dad supported me massively oh, through that. Like, I know that my mum had wanted to study art, but uh-huh. her parents weren't quite as supportive. So she knows how it feels to yeah. kind of be pushed in a direction that's not quite right. Yeah. So even though at the time, you know, all of my other subjects in school were quite good, I just, I knew I wanted to study art and... Um, yeah, I I started off over in Canada. Uh, I went to a place outside of Toronto called Sheridan College. Oh, nice. And that was quite nice, um, very creative. I was told I drew too much quite a bit. Okay. And <laughs> if only they knew now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. funny, I didn't, I didn't study illustration. Oh, no. What so, did you say? Um, I studied text. Well, I graduated okay. with a degree in printed textiles. Amazing. Um, but all through my degree, both over there and over here, um, I was just always told I drew too much. Ah, so yeah, and then that kind of took over. So why did you decide to do textiles? Was that, again, kind of thinking there's more of a career progress at that time in that industry? Um, or I think a lot of that was inspired by my grandmother. She was a textiles teacher. Oh, how cool. And she used to teach me embroidery. And funny enough, the first course I started studying was more of a fine art and sort of like a graphic design course. Mm. Um, but they told me that I worked with cloth and textiles a lot. So maybe I should consider studying textiles. Uh. So um, I, I did. I changed what I was studying um, but that's why when I was told I drew too much I decided I was just going to stick with it then yeah I wasn't going to start studying say, yeah 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 I was going to say when, from doing that though how did you then kind of realize from everyone telling you that you drew too much that then illustration was your thing and it was that path that you should go on um I think because I used um I used the printed element of printed textiles to get my illustrations onto things Ah, okay. Um, And my work has always been, even the projects I was working on in university, um, it was, you know, textiles that if they were homewares, they had maybe like a little hidden pocket with a nice note 
to make oh, someone feel better sweet. or you know like wallpaper with hidden pockets so you could oh, you could that's amazing uh, yeah it's such a so good idea. it's always been sort of a theme of Is I that guess feel... comfort and empathy have been strong themes in my work even since uni and it's such a nice drive you can see that it's continued now like you say that it's to make people feel good that's the yeah. reason you do it it's you've taken your skill to make it feel good and it's always been that way it's just evolved into where you want to go so yeah it's so nice it's, like, I, th- I, I love hearing people's stories but there's normally always people fit into a box of that organic growth from like you say from a child you're very creative and then you went on to university or then you followed the kind of a bit like your mother that you kind of are pushed into maybe a role of business or account yeah. or anything and then you have that click of I can't do this anymore when was your although yours was I think we established it's a very organic growth when was the point when you thought illustration is my thing I'm gonna make this work and not even as a business but like this is it like um I think that I always knew when I was in university I would design stuff and print stuff and then I would go to sell it at a market on the weekend or something and as I graduated um I kept doing that more and more um I went into as soon as I took down my final degree show the very next day I started my full-time employment. Oh, um, and what was that? that you... I was an artist in residence at a oh, nursery school. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it was, I remember at the time thinking, oh my goodness, I've found the dream job. Yeah, this is I just have to do art with kids. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and alongside that, I ran my own stuff still, you know, designing and making and then taking it to markets. And I was living in Brighton at the time. And some friends of mine, uh, we opened up a shop on St. James's Street called Handmade. That's amazing. And we stocked uh, lots of Brighton makers' work. Oh, great. So I was trying to juggle that and juggle my full-time job and keep my sort of very tiny little business um, going. Yeah. It's kind of two, isn't it? If you're the, the Handmade is like... A huge kind of to take on. If you, to some people, might think, oh, you're just stocking other brands and kind of they're just coming to you and you start. It's not. It's a huge. Although you were doing it with friends, it's a huge thing to take on plus a full time job. And like you say, and then do your own thing on the side. It's very busy. (laughs) Very busy. So what kind of had to break? Obviously, not your own things. We can tell. Yeah, that was. I mean it. I guess because more than anything else, I'm stubborn. Mm. So that was not going to be something I gave up on. That's my thing, yeah. yeah. I was going to push, I was going to do whatever I had to do. And then um, in 2012, when I was working as an artist in residence still, um, I got this huge commission. It was massive. And it was sort of the the size that I thought, okay, brilliant. That is me sorted for a Mm. few months. Um, I can do this now. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my day job. So I did. Um, was that suddenly? As in, you kind of got well, the contract no, and then I knew it was I knew it was coming, and you were preparing, ready <laughs> yeah. to press that button. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely running out of steam doing both things because I don't like doing things half-hearted. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I was trying to put myself 
100% into my day job and 100% into my business. And I was the one that was sort of suffering. Yeah, there. there's no um, other time for just staying sane. Exactly. <laughs> Let alone doing fun, exactly. not fun things because you're doing what you want to do, but the other things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But... So um, I quit my job. And I decided that was the time I was going to focus 100% on my own business. And what, what, would it, what was it like? Because that's quite sudden, isn't it, to get a big yes. contract? And it's a big gamble, really, because you don't know if that work's going to continue. It's, you take that leap and that's it. Yeah. What did it feel it, like? Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I knew that I was going to be going from a regular paycheck um, to who knows when the next paycheck yeah, would come in. Yeah. Uh, and the joy of it all was this this massive project fell through. Oh, so no. I did all the work. Oh. And because I was so new to the industry, I hadn't thought of getting even part payment up front. Uh, and that person disappeared with all of my work. And they gave oh me gosh, no they money. Oh, they your work as well? I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's such... Something like that is huge. It's that mm. big, unexpected challenge that, like you say, when you first start out, big contract comes and you think, this is it. This is the time. How did you deal with that? How did you go from the kind of sadness, I suppose, of them <laughs> running away with your work to, okay, what do I do now? Well, um, I spent a really long time blaming myself oh, and okay. trying to tell me, tell myself, saying, oh, Angela, you're an idiot. You're not cut out for this. This was a big mistake. What were you thinking? Um, but then, yeah, the stubbornness kicked back in. And after a number of tears, there were definitely tears. Um, I can imagine them. I don't think that, I don't think I would have stopped. I think I'd still be crying now, just feeling sorry for myself. But yeah, because like you say, you blame yourself, and it's not. It's just a lesson. With anyone starting a business, they think, I've got my idea, and you get these contracts, and this is, oh my God, it's, I'm doing this. Yeah. And then something happens, and you don't even expect it, so you just blame yourself, and yeah. it's not. It's the person who did it to you is the one that is to blame, obviously. I'm talking like a mum. <laughs> it's their fault, not yours. Um, but it, it's, I, don't, I think every, you, like you say, you go into it so naively that this is, I can do this, because I know what I'm doing, and... Yeah you learn these massive mistakes so what kind of what did you do after did you uh well um (laughs) most importantly (laughs) got some tissues (laughs) um after I took some time to recover and decide that yes I am still stubborn I am still going to make this work um I I started looking at how I could first of all avoid this Mm. in future so Mm. um, I did a lot of research because again I didn't have any business training I didn't really know what what the standard way of dealing with these things were no and who who do you even go to when someone does that when you're first starting out and you you haven't got the money to pay for lawyer yeah I don't have a law team no and you kind of you, even if you kind of Google, like, oh, can I take them to court or something, you yeah. realise it's probably going to cost more than just Absolutely. scrapping that and moving on. So Yeah. So I, well, I, I made sure that I did uh, start working with contracts. Oh, amazing. Um, and with new clients, um, I would get a portion of the, mm. the fee up front, 
even just sort of as a retainer mm. because if you know if you're working as an illustrator and you've got so many other things going on as well and a client gets in touch and they want a project that's going to take say two or three weeks you have to block out the time to do that and you know you're turning down other jobs in that time and then they can just come and say oh by the way we don't need you anymore we've gone with someone else so then you've not only lost that business, but all the other potential business that couldn't wait, that yeah. wanted that same slot. It's so. so underestimated, the service-based industry, where they think, oh, yeah, I'll block you, and you can just get someone else if I kind of pull out, pull out of this. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Even though you've not got anything from it, I've lost that two weeks. You may, you may be able to fill, I'm sure, but you can't, you may not. So it's yeah. hugely important that time is part of the product even though you're producing a product at the end of it Mm. you it's the time is probably the biggest part of the whole thing it's not just that final product yeah and I think as well I mean I've I've been doing this for what seven years now full-time so it's also the time that it takes to learn how to do it right as well so it's not just I'm going to sit down and I'm going to draw this illustration you know the illustration might might take me a day mm-hmm. but I I've taken years to learn how to do that I've taken years to learn how to negotiate a contract you know and all of these things that I've had to teach myself and I've had to learn and I have to you know retain all that information yeah well. and keep learning it's yeah exactly. even seven years in I'm sure there's still things that you learn every day I mean it was one of the questions I was going to ask that when you first start out you you obviously very skilled but like you say you, you're still learning and even in your craft but how did you do is things that everything on everybody underestimates when they're paying for your services the I've had to go on YouTube and learn how to build a website I've had to learn how to do marketing I had to be an accountant it's did you ever outsource any of that or did you just learn like I say go on YouTube and hope someone's <laughs> gonna help me um I've done a bit of both. I did um, at one point decide that I wanted to take the e-commerce side of my business more seriously. Ah, oh, great. <clears throat> so although I'm, I sell on Not On The High Street and I sell on Etsy, I wanted my own platform to be just as important mm-hmm. to me as those ones. Um, so I did outsource some web design, but I found that when things were going wrong, with it it was taking a lot of time for me to get it fixed and it was it was really hard for me to I don't want to say it was hard for me to relinquish that control Mm. because you know there are definitely things I need to delegate but certain aspects of the web yeah 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 so um I have taken that back on myself now um when I switched platforms that uh for hosting my website but um, yeah, I try learn. Again, I think it's a lesson. I think you learn the skills um, because obviously part of Create Collective is supporting all creatives and that's everyone who goes into small business, so marketers, web developers, and it's understanding as a small business that what skills you, you need to go and get initially. And like you say, maybe now because other sides of the business you've learned and they're just natural to you that you can take back that mm-hmm. web bit. But you can't do it straight away because you're trying to work out everything else apart from the business so you kind of outsource that and then another time you might want to upscale even more so you'll get someone else in to help so it's it's learning which bits you need to learn first yeah exactly and I think also like where my time is valuable Mm, so 
I can't, um, I can't add a whole bunch of value to every single social media post, except mm-hmm. for the fact that it is in my voice. It is me behind my brand. So in that way I can, but you know, there's definitely parts of the business, um, Let's take packing my cards, for example. <laughs> and a very exciting part, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. So when I, um, when I first moved into greeting cards, uh, I was over the moon because I found a company that would print a minimum order of 10 cards. And I remember thinking, oh my God, 10 of one design? It's going to take me ages to sell those. And I used to get them and I'd fold them myself and I'd pack them with the envelopes into their little cellophane bags. Amazing. It was fine because it was a Netflix job. Yeah, I was going to say, so sometimes <laughs> they are the nicer jobs, yeah. although they seem like the boring ones. You can do them worse. Yeah. Get a good series in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> working. exactly. But then um, when I had a client contact me, and it was a really busy time of year for me as well, um, asking if I could do this really fun project and I was like oh, I'm really sorry I can't I have thousands of cards to pack <laughs> yeah, right now yeah and I realized like no this has to stop yeah. because I I should be doing the design I don't add any value to folding and packing a card no not- that's not where my skills like I mean they do now but yeah and your customers wouldn't even know would they there's no. like you say there's certain elements of social media where you need it in your voice and areas that you need to be present yeah other areas it's like it's like hand posting them isn't it I'm yeah. sure people I'm sure they'd love it but I'm sure yeah. they wouldn't care exactly and um yeah so I I have sort of moved on from doing I delegate as many of those smaller tasks from when you as do. I can yeah. so they're kind of those lessons that you learned from the beginning yeah so how did you grow um I think we've kind of sidetracked a little bit from that early stage where did you go from that first order to then kind of pulling yourself back together and learning those kind of basic skills to then kind of being where you are today what kind of steps did you take um I don't even know if the if originally it was um, intentional steps I was taking. Hmm. So, um, like I like I said, I graduated in printed textiles. So when I lived in Brighton, I had a screen printing studio. Uh-huh. So I was creating my own designs, putting them on things, screen That's printing. So, cool. so I w- I would go to my artist in residence job all day. I would finish at six thirty. I'd then go to my screen printing studio until, you know, sort of 11 o'clock. Oh, wow. Um, so I was full on day yeah. doing um, everything as well. It's yeah. wow. And then I found out that my studio I was using was closing down. Oh, no. So I was looking at how I was going to get these designs on mm. things um, without having to pay someone else to do it because being at that stage, it was so much cheaper for me mm. to do it. Um. And I started looking at uh, printed items, so stationary greeting cards. And people bought them, and they bought them very quickly. And all of a sudden, I was sell instead of you know the original order of ten that I was really nervous about. People mm. were buying hundreds, oh, amazing. and then people were buying thousands, and it it went so quickly because all of a sudden, I mean, instead of having to, 
well, not really invest. It's not like I'm a fine artist. But, you know, instead of having to spend a few quid on something mm-hmm. um, or, you know, over 10 quid, they could they could spend £2.50 and have something that had a unique design on it and they could send that to someone. So it all, it has so much value in it already. Yeah, it's not that kind of <clears throat> persuading a customer to <clears throat> buy something for themselves where they it's kind of that you should invest in this kind of luxury it's for someone else isn't it a greetings yeah. card so it's kind of giving that warmth to someone else so yeah it's quite so before we was it mainly textile printing that when you had the preen printing was it like you say you moved from to into greeting cards was it was textiles and was it t-shirts and yeah things like that? so it was t-shirts and it was children's clothes and uh tote bags and mm. i did do some art prints as well Oh, great. So kind of a real mix of yeah. different types of products. So when you started selling the, the cards and the greeting cards, what where did you start selling them? Was it straight on Etsy and on the high street or did you... Um, I joined, I definitely joined Etsy, you know, quite some time ago. Um, and I had about two products on there oh. that I left <laughs> and kind of forgot about. Oh. Um, Took the odd <laughs> order. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, I'm on Etsy. What about those two things? And uh, so I kind of neglected Etsy initially, um, but I joined not on the high street in 2012. Oh, okay. And That's that was one of the things that did help me get to the point where I did think I could quit the day job as well. Those early days. Yeah. Um, and selling in a lot of, at a lot of in-person events. I hadn't quite cracked the wholesale market yet, so I wasn't supplying to other stores at this point. Um, that's something that I've only really been focusing on the last few years. And that really upscales everything, doesn't it? That Definitely. changes. Yeah. yeah. Would you say before that, so you've kind of... You've you've now quit your day job and everything's going. You're selling on Etsy, not on high street and markets. <clears throat> when was the point where you really felt like settled, or do you still not feel settled? Or was it kind of when you hit that wholesale market, or was it quite soon that although that big order kind of went, although you you had everything else running in the background, so I th- could keep going. I don't know that I have ever quite. <laughs> felt I don't think anyone does up. yeah I mean there's there's always more that you can there's always more you can do mm. and it's you know my mom is my biggest cheerleader uh, which is so cute it sounds like you're living her dream like that's where she maybe saw her life but it was probably a different generation as well that it yeah. was go up to work and raise babies and yeah now it's like you can do it <laughs> yeah and you know every time I have an order from a new store my mom's like well a couple years ago you'd have been and I still do get excited every yeah. time I have an order because that's somebody who's chosen to spend their money totally, with me yeah um and I don't know if you've heard about the Just a Card campaign. I haven't, no. It's um, it's an initiative that sort of it aims to show the world that if you buy even just a card or just a print or just a pin or just a book or just a t-shirt or whatever from a small business or an independent designer maker you're helping that business to keep afloat. You know, mm, all totally. small sales add up. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not just a card. Um, I do quite a few illustrations for them, and I've done this one that it says, you know, when you buy from an indie business, you're not buying just a card. You know, you're buying that happy feeling for the recipient that you're going to send the card to. You're buying that unique gift that not everybody is going to have bought because it's not it's not something from the high street shop. And all of those small purchases, they do add up and they keep small businesses running. Yeah, and it's so nice to hear, like you say, seven years in, that even just an order comes in and it's that same feeling of... Because yeah. when you just start out, I mean, everyone knows, hope most of the people listening will be starting out now and they get that first couple of orders and it is you kind of it's like it's like getting exam results isn't it it's like oh my god I did it (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and you've probably well I think everybody who's on the internet has probably seen the uh the every time you buy from a small business someone does a happy dance and that you know that is so true like whether you're selling just a card or you know jewelry that with precious metals and precious stones like People value the fact that you've chosen to use your hard-earned money to support their small business. Can you really recall, I think we've covered a few with the big order, but like we say, a lot of people will get these unexpected challenges, but can you recall the biggest challenge from those really early days up until now that you can remember and really you've learned a massive lesson from? Um, I think that, I mean, when you, when you do something like this, there are so many opportunities to make really big mistakes. Mm. And, you know, I have made plenty of them. I have made, uh, so many very expensive mistakes as well. Mm. Um, I have paid loads to be at events that left me in debt and almost broke me both you know financially and mentally (laughs) yeah more Um, mentally (laughs) (laughs) cannot do this um but yeah I think there's just there have been so many I can't small challenges that you're constantly overcoming that yeah and I sometimes I feel like there's so many that you can't recall them because you just have to and and I think as well, like being a small business owner, you have to learn to be so resilient mm. because whether you're pitching to shops or to clients, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to get knocked back mm. regularly. Yeah. And yeah. so it's um, not you. Yeah. It's the process and it's exactly yeah, it's not your time then yeah. maybe for that. And it's sort of learning to not take that seriously, not take that personally, most importantly. Mm. Um so you know, with contacting clients, it's something like if you hear back from one person out of twenty, that's really good yeah and learning that (laughs) knowing that now yeah (laughs) at the beginning it's (laughs) and just being like you know obviously I know my stuff isn't going to be for everyone if they're not going to like the really bright Larry colors then they might not like how soppy some of it is or maybe it's just too particular Mm. um but if it was for everyone, you'd kind of also be doing something wrong, I think, because yeah. you wouldn't have your style. You'd be pleasing. Exactly. And there's no business, is there, that's for everyone. I think it's so much better to 
follow what's in your heart rather than changing it for that knockback yeah. thinking oh well I'll do it more the way they wanted it and then the next person knocks you back because it's not yeah. the way it's you continuously never going to get anyone are you because you're never yeah. going to please everyone so stick with what you want to do and get that one in 20 like. absolutely yeah. and you know when people like my work they love it mm. and I have so many returning customers and so many returning shops that want to stock my work yeah I can imagine and if I can keep those people happy that's so important to me because it wasn't until I mean if you look at my stuff from a few years ago say six seven years ago Mm. I was trying to people please Mm. and I wasn't being authentic to my own style I Mm. I was doing that for fun but I wasn't doing that to sell it. And it wasn't until I started getting more requests for companies saying things like, if you were doing it for yourself, what would you be doing? Mm -hmm. Rather than how can I change everything that I do to fit in with what you need? People started coming to me for my style. And they're the clients you want that say, we trust you. You, We love your style, so you do. That's why people come to you. That's why I use graphic designers and illustrators, because I've seen their style, and I'm I'm not a designer. I am awful at design. (laughs) It's definitely not my strong point. So I find a designer, and that is what I want. So I kind of want to... I don't want to say, oh, but I want this and I want that. I want to go, you do it. <laughs> yeah. Give me some ideas and then, then I'll reflect them back. So, yeah. yeah, stick to your style and keep it going. Okay, so now we've found a little bit more about your journey from Canada, all the way from Canada, to where you are now, which has been a seven-year process. I really want to find out a bit more about the lessons you've learned, your day-to-day life, just so that anyone starting out can really understand what it's like to be an illustrator. Um, We kind of spoke a bit before this podcast, it's kind of not what everyone thinks. We were talking about being in our pyjamas all day, (laughs) and I get to a point where you kind of don't want to be in your pyjamas, because you do want to feel (laughs) non-gross. So I kind of, well, I suppose we'll start, these will be a bit more um, interview questions, I suppose, is what does your average week look like? My average week, it probably looks quite a bit different than a lot of creatives week. Oh, okay. Um, I meticulously schedule my oh, time. Oh, me. I love a, I love a planner. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, and I haven't always done that, but I found that since I have been working in the way I have over the last couple of years, my business has basically exploded in terms um. of the success I've had from what I'm putting in. Mm. I was going to say, has that always been the case? Or is it something you learn as you go that you do need to, you can't just every day wake up and say, I'm just going to draw something today and then I'll do the business bit another day. And how do you do that planning? Um, Well, from what I remember my very first week um, outside of my day job, when I first went self-employed and I did decide, okay, yeah, I romanticized working at home in my pajamas, mm. but regardless of what I was wearing, I was still going to wake up. I was going to have my breakfast. <laughs> Two good starts of the day. <laughs> and I, and I was going to work a day, you mm-hmm. know, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't just, you know, getting up at three in the afternoon and then working through the night I wanted to try maintain some sort of um, proper hours, I guess. Yeah, because um, I think it's so easy, isn't it, to get 
even it's I think it's easy to get into a bad routine because even if you say what very easy it sounds awful you watch something like Lorraine for any UK viewers you'll know what that <laughs> is and you think I'll just watch that before I start work and then oh I'll watch that and I'll just, eat. just one more yeah and I'll go and meet my friend for coffee then and you think because I'll, I'll just work a solid eight hours from 12 and it works for mm-hmm. some people but I think sometimes you've got to start out and say although I dream I think any business owner when they're starting out they think oh, I have ultimate freedom and I'm quitting the nine to five and this is gonna be, it's not actually you have yeah. got a kind of even though it's on your terms and you do it whenever you want to you've got to do something haven't you definitely yeah and I mean I have um I have done things in the past that have uh kick-started me I guess into mm. maybe my golden years oh, now. Yeah, I like so, <laughs> Um, so three years ago, I um, I took part in an event. An event. I signed up for my first trade show. Oh, and how was that? Well, oh, well that's a story to tell. It's <laughs> quite a story. So it it broke me. Oh um, wow! I I worked so hard that year, and I was dealing with um, really bad anxiety and depression oh, as well that year. Yeah. And my default is work harder. Uh, rather than hide away. I think there's normally exactly. two, isn't there? It's yeah. a fight or flight, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So As I'm fight. <laughs> very high functioning wow. uh, in that situation. And so I was working from early mornings to late nights. And I was always saying to my friends, no, I'm really sorry. I can't hang out. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I've got... I was really sort of glamorizing this. I'm busy. The busy word. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so relieved that now in the small business world, that started to become a bit of a bad word, isn't it? It's a very bad word. Yeah. It's about, um, I've read a lot lately actually about, it's not even time management and being busy. It's time optimization. Absolutely. It's not even about managing your time anymore. It's using that time correctly. Do you need to do that? Do you need to do that bit? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Even if you're the worst time planner ever, just make sure when you are doing work, you're doing the work you need to be doing. Yeah. You're not scrolling through Instagram and you're, yeah. you are focusing on what the purpose is that you're doing that for. So. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. So how, how did that go? After well, you... um, I, I guess I sort of the year, so that was two, um, 2016 and in the winter, I had a very bad time. I was de- like the wor- the worst of my depression, and I decided that it was. It's not like I woke up and decided to choose happy. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not a choice, is that, it? Yeah, yeah, that didn't really happen. But um, I, thanks to some interventions from mm. some friends of mine. Um, I decided that actually, you know, I did want to stick around and I wanted to make the most of what I was doing with my life. Yeah. So, um, I, I decided that I would start waking up at five in the morning. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I would exercise regularly and I would work with a strict schedule most importantly, so that I knew I was having time off. Mm, I I was going to say, because mental health I think is prevalent in creatives I think because of the way your brain works it's tuned differently isn't it it's 
it wants more and it sees the world differently and that anxiety yeah. kicks in and depression kind of can be with it or it can be completely separate um I don't, I don't you don't have to talk about this but if you do want to it's it's managing it and is this kind of the process that you took and did it help in any way or I'd I'd say it literally changed my life wow. which it's it sounds a bit cheesy but wow. um I did make some big life changes like wow. I quit drinking I quit smoking, I started running a lot, um, and, you know, I I knew that I was most productive in the quiet times of day, Mm -hmm. so when my emails weren't coming through, and no one one wanted my attention Mm. at five in the morning, because everyone's asleep. Mm. Everyone (laughs) is asleep. Everyone. (laughs) And so I found I could get, you know, by the time that most people were turning up, to their office jobs, the typical nine o'clock start. Mm. Um, I I was looking at having a break that, yeah, because I'd already done sort of four hours of yeah. work. Um, and so I would have a break and I spent some time looking at, it sounds really nerdy, but like I had spreadsheets monitoring yeah. my, pro, uh, my productivity at different nice. times of day okay. and when I was feeling most creative and so I used that to build myself a schedule. That's so, such a good idea. Yeah. Such a good idea. And, and it meant that I knew that, you know, come 9 o'clock or 9.30, when my productivity started to drop a bit and I started mm. to get a little antsy, I'd take a break. I'd either go for a run or I'd go to the gym or I'd go make a cup of tea and then I'd come back. And, and I wouldn't feel bad about having taken that mm. time because I knew I'd already... You've already got a few, even if it's a few hours, you've got exactly. them under your belt. Yeah, and everyone's only just waking up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you don't feel too bad about. And there was a weird sort of, um, I don't know, I guess you feel kind of... I know there's so many self-help books mm. and productivity experts who say, you know, you have to wake up at this time of day. Well, you don't. If that works for you... That's brilliant, but it really works for me. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it was building in good habits that made running my business easier. And I think, like you say, it's working out what works for you. It's not following every guide that, because I know a lot of people that be listening now will have the exact same issues to be facing as if they are facing any mental health they're a lot of the time you're on your own you're working on your own you're not having to go to an office and get yourself out of bed because there's a lot of days where you probably don't want to get out if you are battling mental health you 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 do not want to so you have to do it yourself and but you have you can't listen to anyone else telling you what to do you have to I think it's such an amazing idea is to just slowly work out when it is that you work because five might not have worked for you and you might have gone, I'm crazy. (laughs) Um, I really need to go back to bed. Um, Whereas some people do work better in the afternoon, don't they? They need that morning just to, even if they do all their running and they've got their their me time out of the way, then they can... So I think that's such good advice is to say, don't listen to the self-help books because I'm sure again it's that helps some people yeah but it's it's look at your life look at what you think will make a change and what will affect your business and what will help your business and go from there and yeah I'm kind of work out where you want to be in business as well because it might be that you're trying too hard to be too big that actually having a good salary that is enough to live off that's enough and yeah, if that definitely. means you're working four hours a day and that's your ability then that's good so yeah 
Yeah, and having good friends, like you say, around you and the ones that, although you've said you're busy for the last three years, they go, we'll stick around. Yeah, they're still going to keep inviting me out. They're still going to keep trying to get me to go for that coffee. It means the world because, you know, like you said, a lot of people who are self-employed or Mm. running small businesses, maybe they're working from home, they're so much more susceptible to having mental health issues Mm. and becoming really lonely and isolated. Mm triggers it yeah. absolutely and you, you just haven't got anything to snap you out of any I suppose I can't think of the word but like any thoughts that are going through your head sometimes if you go to an office and someone just talks absolute rubbish in your head you, you forget about it for five yeah, minutes exactly. whereas if you're sat on your own that's all you can think about yeah. you might be working but you're you're not are you so yeah, yeah you need something that can snap you out and if it's if it's exercise if it's reading if it's doing something completely different from your business you need to do that. Definitely. It's so important. I think that's why a lot of the communities are popping up, actually, because it wasn't so popular a couple of years ago, but it's getting big, not just the networking, it's the online communities, it's yeah. the small coffee groups. And it, I mean, we were talking before, it's finding the one that works for you. It's Definitely. not going to all of them and thinking, oh, these aren't good for me. It's yeah. you'll find that one that they're your click. Exactly. <laughs> your click. Yeah. And it, it makes such a difference because I think... You know, it's not until you start meeting other people who are doing similar things that you can have the conversations and realize that you're not alone. Mm. Like a lot of information is online now Mm. um, and people are having these conversations on, you know, there's Facebook business groups and and all sorts out there. And, you know, you realize, oh, actually, I'm not... I'm not completely nuts. I haven't made this up myself. Like, exactly. It's not because I think, and we were saying it's a bit like um, we were saying about time management and being busy was big, Mm. wasn't it? If you're an entrepreneur, you're busy, and it's the same with mental health. I think it's before on social media, it was look like you're having the best time of your life and running a business. It's all about meeting people and being out there, and like at trade shows, it's all showy, showy, and. Actually, now I feel like social media is, it's so going the other way of like, today yeah. is tough and I'm yeah. just in my office or my studio and yeah. there's not much to show you, but I'll this show you. This is not yeah. glamorous. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is my tiny little office and it's a mess. It's a mess because I've just had these deliveries in and there's no more space. There is literally <laughs> no more space. Yeah. And when you see other people actually showing the truth, you think, oh, you like, yeah exactly i'm not i'm not awful at this thing like, i'm somehow making money but i somehow think i'm yeah. awful but now i'm not i think it's it's all completely normal <laughs> a touching on everything we've really said is what what motivates you and what drives you to keep your business growing especially on those off days and if you do go through any periods of real off days how what is the one thing that gets you out of bed i think um Again, being quite a stubborn person, <laughs> I, like um, I I know that I could go and I could I could work for someone else and I could do nine to five and I could do that. I know that I could do that. Yeah, I mean you've done it. Like I yeah. desperately don't want yeah. to. <laughs> the biggest driver is <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a lot of people's, isn't it? You you start to think, oh, it could be easier, and then you kind of see it, and you go, no. Yeah, like, no, I, I mean, want to the regular it. paycheck, it would be awesome, but mm. it, I have so many different strings to my bow now yeah. that I kind of do have regular paychecks. Yeah. You know, I know what's coming in and what's going out, and I um, 
I would much rather work really hard mm. building, you know, my own empire yeah. than spend a day working for someone else. Yeah. But, and you're probably too skilled now because you, you're not, you'd, you'd be doing one element of what mm. you've learned, but you've learned everything now. You've learned a bit of marketing, a bit of business, a bit of yeah. accounting. And if you went into any, if you went back into illustrating for something else, you'd just be doing that and you'd be like, oh, I know a better way of doing this, but yeah. also it's not for my thing, yeah. so I don't really need to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I'll just sit and draw. Like, it's great, but um, <laughs> it's that kind of passion to do more, isn't it? And yeah. It's a, it's a good motivator, and I feel like a lot of people will say the same as that. I don't want to work for someone else. Um, quickly, these can, these can be quite quick, I suppose. What's your favourite and what's your least favourite part of running your business? Oh, um, that's tough. I know. <laughs> that's a really tricky question. Um, I think my favorite part of it is that I am, I'm in control mm. and I can choose, you know, I can choose the shops that my work goes into, well, to some extent, provided they also want it in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you will. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite I can choose which elements of my business to work on. Mm. Uh, so if I, I do a monthly review and I look at you what... You so good. <laughs> you are so good. I want you to be my boss. There's a lot, there's a lot of spreadsheets in my yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so I do a monthly review with my dad. Oh, who, um, yeah, he used to be a business advisor and he has helped me so much oh, because, you know, he, he helps me look at what parts are doing well, mm. why they're doing well. And then I look at where I'm going to go next month, what oh, I'm going to focus fair. more on. Um, yeah. So like I know that some some months I have to spend some more time working on this element of marketing or maybe I'm going to focus more on the wholesale side of my business. Mm. And um, But then, yeah, as much as I do have a really strategic approach to it now, there's definitely days where I'll have some idea of something that I just have to do. And I might spend, you know, half a day animating a little illustration because mm. it'll work really well for marketing this product, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I make sure that I leave time for stuff like that to happen as well. Yeah, yeah, so you've got get. And what's the least favourite? <laughs> or have you kind of... When I think so long. I think admin mm. is I have a lot of really tedious jobs where like I might have I might have mentioned about not being able to add value to them so I do try delegate but there's when I think when a lot of people think of the job of an illustrator mm. they probably think that's amazing and I've had people say oh that's so fun you get to draw all day yeah. I rarely get to draw yeah I'm doing all the other stuff yeah. I'm doing all the other stuff I'm working with suppliers I'm I'm you know working to find new stockists I'm sending mm. a lot of emails I'm you, you know working with a lot of spreadsheets like I didn't think that was gonna be my life as an illustrator Mm. but because of how I chose to focus so much on the e-commerce side Mm. that is a big a big part of what I do so how much would you say in sort of percentage wise if you could try would be the illustration and the business I reckon it's it's probably something like 75 to 80% admin 
Yeah. And, you know, 25% (laughs) illustration, maybe. I I schedule in time to draw. I schedule in time to have fun. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't. You probably run out of time. You you just just get so stuck working in the business Mm. rather than on the business. Yeah. And, yeah, so funny enough, when I had my review for May... Um, a lot of what I need, I need to schedule in more time to be creative because mm. that is what I do. Yeah. Um, and to keep you sane is to, yeah, exactly. you rem- to <laughs> do the fun bit. You're doing it. Yeah, otherwise you'll start to burn out and be like, this is not what I choose. Yeah. And um, one question that just sprung to mind when you were talking about um, wholesale is I know a lot of people, there'd be a lot of illustrators that are selling in markets and they're at that stage already. How did you make, how did you transition to that stage? Was it, did you just go for it and ring around? I, I don't know anything about it, so... I um, I started... I did try get in touch with a few shops to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, very time-consuming, sending mm-hmm. out loads of emails, pitching. Because, you know, you can't copy and paste that email. No. Like, the, um, the cute card shop down the road compared to the chain store mm. you know you, you need every different email to be tailored so true, specific yeah. and you want you don't want it to be like I've had so many emails hi insert name here it's yeah. like you didn't even remove the blank. I know and I'm sure there's sometimes it's an accident <laughs> but it's normally a regular you're like yeah. <laughs> and then date and then you're yeah, like exactly. oh no and you're just like oh such a fail yeah like come on especially when they're trying to introduce themselves I get maybe like a newsletter and it's just gone out and it's an accident but when you're trying to introduce yourself as a business don't dear sir madam yeah yeah. um okay I mean my my name is Angela yeah start with that I if you even took five seconds to read my about me section on my website it's not like you made it hard like you kind of the information's there yeah um but yeah, I guess that's so it's that individualization. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. And uh, and then trade shows, you ah, know, they okay. they cost. My first one cost me thousands of pounds. Wow. Um, and that you know that was the aforementioned straw the, that the, nearly that broke time. the camel's back. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, and yeah, all the time that went into it. And I still turned up, and I wasn't ready for that show. Really, um, I didn't because I hadn't worked in wholesale enough I hadn't Mm -hmm. sold to enough shops there was all sorts of mistakes I made at that show but you know I I'm just back from my fourth trade show um and it's a totally different thing now you know again it's just learning the little things that you forget the first second time third maybe time yeah Every time you get a bit better and a bit more natural. And... Exactly. Like, it's it's less of a terrifying thing. I can imagine. It's, it's so terrifying. I still get nerves. I can imagine. But, you know, I think you get so much confidence that comes from it. I mean, I... Um, earlier in the year, I had a shop contact me. And it, it it's the kind of thing that, you know, you dream of. I love supplying small mm. independents. Mm. That's that's very special to me because Mm. you know we have great relationships we can chat um they're excited when I get in touch with my new products Mm. um and 
it's exciting to see how their customers love my products as well. Um, and you get sort of, you know, there's the big names. Mm-hmm. You can supply hundreds of these lovely, wonderful, small, independent companies. Mm-hmm. But unless you're in, you know, the the big brands mm. out there, some people don't even take you seriously. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that they go on that as to who you're, yeah. who you're with. Yeah, and actually, you can be completely successful without going there. You, you, it's yeah. so tricky, isn't it? And I feel like I always kind of want to know about where you've got such a individual brand that's all you like you can see that it shines through when you do start to scale up and like even though I said about supermarket you might get into a supermarket like there's a lots of independents that have got into supermarkets how do you keep that warmth and it's tough isn't it to keep that balance of you yeah I mean I think that I I definitely I do work with some big names now um Mm. but I I won't They've chosen me mm. because they like my style. Mm. They, you know, they like my brand. Um, as long as I'm still the one coming up with the ideas and doing the design, I think that I have a pretty good chance of keeping true to my brand. Yeah, I think I can. You know, I can delegate the other jobs. I can, mm. as long as I make sure I still prioritize mm-hmm. me doing the design yeah I have loads of people apply to do my design work all the time really? and write my cards I'm like I don't think you it's get me. it yeah, and that's the bit I want to keep like, yeah. you can do the admin and you can yeah, exactly. yeah. so we're going to go to some quick business advice so yeah for any illustrators starting out I think we've covered you've given so much advice but what would be your one piece for someone who's just thinking I want to do that what would you say I think, first of all, if you're thinking of doing it, then just do it. Mm. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also be prepared to work really, really, really hard Mm -hmm. because it's nothing about luck. Like I, I, I don't think I believe in luck really. Um, You just have to turn up and, and treat your own business as you would working for someone else like be there and put in the hours and you turn up yeah and if someone someone will come at you if you don't yeah (laughs) Yeah, pretend there's a boss hanging around somewhere to jump at you (laughs) um what are you most proud of considering how far you've come I I think the fact that this is maybe a little bit soppy but uh after talking about the mental health stuff like first of all the fact that I'm here yes yeah, I'm very proud of that yeah um I'm also very proud of the fact that I'm still going mm. um seven years is a yeah. long time in owning a business isn't yeah it? and I mean I it's not like I'm just still sort of hanging on after seven years like I've mm. had more at least 50% growth year on year. Oh, wow, amazing. And I'm continuing to grow. And, you know, the companies I license my designs to, they're really pleased with the growth that they've seen from my work. And, you know, the shops I'm supplying to, mm. you know, I I just... You're not plateauing. You're not exactly. just running a business. And, yeah, yeah you're 
on that uphill. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because of the, the strategy that I've implemented into growing my business, I can see this and I can measure it and mm. it's... I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. I love that as well, because <laughs> it doesn't have to be about one defining moment, like a trade show that you've yeah. got loads of clients, and I think it is about those small wins and keep going up rather than either down yeah. or along. It's After seven years, you could be very, well, I'm, I'm okay now and I'll just keep going. It's yeah. nice to know that you'll continue, and you've got the motivation to keep going. Yeah. What I'm going to do is a little quick fire round with okay. you so you can be you could you can expand <laughs> if you want to <laughs> but um 10 questions super quick just to find out hopefully a bit of is a, again a bit more business but a bit more about you so number one who is your greatest inspiration um i i couldn't say just one person because uh, i think it's so different I'll allow for, a couple more <laughs> okay um so i would say my friends and my family inspire me massively. Um, and in terms of sort of my business mindset, <laughs> um, Jocko Willink, okay, who is an ex Navy SEAL podcaster I mean. and author, and he. <laughs> He's just got that no-nonsense approach. Yeah, he's good. I have to tune in because I haven't heard <laughs> yeah, any sounds. He's great. Cool, yeah. I mean, if ever you can't be bothered to go and do a workout, okay. listen to Jocko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or do it drawing me. Because <laughs> yeah. I never can really be bothered. So. <laughs> we listen to him all the time. Um, what has been your most satisfying moment in business? Is there one... I know we've done the proud, but is there like one um, little... One thing that definitely stands out is when I set up at my first trade show and my dad stood back and went it's so nice to see how cohesive this is it looks professional yeah <laughs> exactly you've got a business <laughs> oh, that must be so nice for them as well because I think modern day I think obviously businesses are run online and there's not this physical is there a lot of yeah. people used to have a shop so it'd be like look at my amazing shop yeah. whereas it gives you that element of it to say look this is my business physically um, yeah yeah, I bet that's his proudest moment. Yeah, yeah probably. Quite nice. Especially as he helped out so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're like, look what I've done. <laughs> um, number three, what's your absolute favourite thing to do when you're not running a business? Running, I think. Uh, um, I love running. I started running about two years ago. And I'm just, I'm hooked. Like, really? I, I love it. And anything that gets me outdoors. Yeah, sort of the outdoors. But it's mad how people getting to running it once they start yes yeah it's it's the park isn't it it's ridiculous and Mm. i'm i'm a member of good gym as well okay and we're a group of volunteers that run and then we volunteer in the community and then we run back so oh that's such a good idea yeah so just good active outdoors that kind of thing yeah camping swimming and anything like that it's just the canadian roots as well isn't it yeah (laughs) installed it in you the wild yeah (laughs) wrestling bears (laughs) that's what i do i mean just a standard saturday yeah (laughs) yeah it's not many around here (laughs) um what makes you happy Um, i know that's not really a quick fire question yeah that's that's hard as well i I think, you know, spending time with the people that I love and eating food. Yeah, <laughs> eating I was just food about to say, makes mine me would really be quick fire. Eating, <laughs> napping. 
<laughs> my favourite things. It's the simple things, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, excluding yours, what company or business do you admire the most? Oh, wow. Um, I think any company or business that's doing what they want to do and doing it nicely and helping other people and doing what makes them happy, mm. I think. There's a passion. One of our Create Collective um, hashtags is Create with Passion. And it's either you drive your business with passion or there's a passion project behind it. Definitely. So it is to make, like yours is amazing. It's making people happy. And you will leave yeah. this earth knowing that your business wasn't to make money, although that's obviously a good thing side thing you've made a lot of people happy yeah definitely and what does being a creative entrepreneur mean to you um probably different than what it would have meant to me about 10 years ago um I know that it just is working hard and I think most of all being true to what your creativity is Mm -hmm. I think that's really important I think both myself and my clients know if I'm trying to do something that's not me. Yeah, yeah, you go off <laughs> yeah. style. Yeah. Like you say, go black and white. And, and it does <laughs> No, yeah. I don't know. Cause no. People All of want... my, my most selfish designs are always my best sellers. No way. Mm. Yeah, because they want a bit of you, don't they? That's why they're following yeah. me. Um, you may not, because this is off the mo- like spur of the moment. Who should we be following on Instagram or podcasts? I think we already know the answer, but right now. Um, can I have two? You can have two. I'm okay. allowed to. So I think, um, especially right now, anybody who likes the outdoors yeah. um, and who wants to see something incredible happening, you need to follow <laughs> Anna McNuff. Okay, Anna McNuff. She has just started... Uh, it's called Barefoot Britain, and she is running 100 marathons across might, Britain yeah. barefoot. Yeah, I saw it, like a little thing. And She's going to be coming through Portsmouth. Oh, I'm going to see well. her, because yeah. during you're kind of scrolling through, but you're doing something else, and it came up, and then it disappeared, and I was like, I'm sure that was 100. Yeah, yeah it's like, what? I'm barefoot. Yeah, so in she's already started, and in November, she'll oh. be getting round to doing the Portsmouth leg, so... Oh, Imagine running feet. barefoot between Imagine now just, and Imagine just one marathon just with shoes on. I know. Like, I know. Yeah, she just ran the London Marathon barefoot. Oh, wow. That is so impressive. She's, yeah, she's incredible. That is impressive. Um, and also, oh, yeah. uh, on the creative side of things, Timothy Goodman. Timothy Goodman. Yeah, he's, um, he's a New York artist and designer and muralist. And he is just... He fills me with joy every time I read his stories or he's just always smiling and he's really um he's come out of some mental health issues as well and you know he was really depressed and he's now this incredible fountain of positivity like he is just great he's just yeah he's found his thing and yeah I love this movement of illustrators changing the world on Instagram there's so many that I follow now and I connect it pops up and it I connect so much with it and I just yeah. love that illustrators are it's a whole new meaning to the skill isn't it that you're yeah, definitely you're kind of offering that glimmer of hope <laughs> like <laughs> on, a, on a rainy day um okay so these are a bit different yeah if you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life what would it be it would be either 
sushi or some type of noodle soup. Oh, good shout. Yeah, or maybe summer rolls. Yeah. If I had to. I feel like you wouldn't get bored of sushi. No. I feel like there's a nice range yeah. <laughs> that you could go for. Um, number nine, if I wasn't an illustrator, I would be... Oh, I... I think I'd really like to be uh, like a life coach mm-hmm. or um, I get asked to do consultancy quite a bit. I was going to say, I feel like you could do that. Because yeah. You've, you've got the, you've learned. I've, I've learned so skills. much. Yeah. And I continue to teach myself a lot. And yeah. I think. Um, it's just sharing it, isn't it? Yeah. I really just like helping other people. So I think uh, something like that or. I don't know, maybe psychology or something, or or something really mundane like yeah. data entry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Again, it'd be like my biscuit choice. Like you do it for a day yeah. and then you regret your choice. Yeah, novelty yeah. might wear off. Yeah, just slowly. <laughs> um, number ten. If you could be transported to any place in the world right now, where would it be? Mm, this somewhere sunny <laughs> yes because it's pouring <laughs> it is pouring with rain I um I, yeah I just love the sun and I love the warmth provided I don't have to run just I don't like doors. running in no, the sun I'm the, the same yeah I'm a cold dark kind yeah. of runner if I if I do run <laughs> yeah it's um but yeah anywhere that's sort of just the right temperature sunny enough to swim in the sea outdoorsy in the sun yeah somewhere where the sea and the forest are together yeah i want to find that in the uk yeah and that's where i'm gonna live i think wales yeah wales yeah wales would be good as long as it doesn't get too cold it's cold yeah and rainy not sunny might not be i don't know (laughs) maybe (laughs) um so it's just one final question before we completely wrap up is what is the future well, you. obviously, world domination. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like thinking in the brain. <laughs> yeah. We'll take over the world. I've, I've got my designs in, um, obviously, all over the UK now. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Nigeria. Wow. Um, Canada. So, so you've kind of already. Yeah, I mean, I, over the world. yeah, just a little bit left. Yeah, I want That's I want to focus a lot more on um, just expanding what I can do, and uh, carry on with the growth. Hopefully, mm, reaching yeah. more corners of the world. Yeah, making a lot more people happy. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want to be doing. I want. I want people that when they think of like the Angela Chick brand, I want them to just, you know, know that it's the place to come to for happy things and for kindness and Mm. yeah I like that and such a nice ending (laughs) thank you so so much for coming out in the rain to come and see me absolutely loved hearing your story and I really think there's so much in there that anyone can take, even if it's not an illustrator from what you've learned from invoicing to financing to (laughs) To mental health, to everything, is just finding your style, learning from your lessons, being as stubborn as you can, <laughs> and just Not moving forward. Up. Yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to Creator Journals. I'm continuously grateful for your support. If you really want to pick me up, go over to Angela's site and check out her designs. They really will make you happy in an instant. Hopefully we'll see you next week on Creative Journals. Okay, that was a little bit too radio, huh? <laughs> but I genuinely do hope you catch up with us again next week. See you then. <laughs>